0: Um before Josh comes up and brings the word today, uh, I wanna share a couple things. One, there is a uh an outpouring of the spirit at Asbury College in uh, Kentucky. I don't know if you've heard of it. You can see this photo here. Um you got you guys got that picture I sent this morning? You can just put this up here. So at the chapel at Asbury College, they uh on Wednesday they uh were ending chapel and the spirit of god fell and this well, the this two students i was reading articles on it. the student walked out and then she was like why is the choir starting to sing again she walks back in and the presence of god just so it's been going on since wednesday they shut down all the classes wow. once one student ran back to his hotel or back to his dorm room and got his mattress and brought it and just put it down <laughs> in the chapel when God is on the move, you don't want to go anywhere else. So they've, and so this happened in the exact same college 53 years ago, 1970. The Spirit of God moved on this place, and it went around the world, it went around the nation. And, um, and now it's happening in other states as well, and there's people from other cities coming to this college. I was at a meeting this whole weekend here in San Diego, Chris Vallatin, uh from Bethel Church uh, was the keynote speaker. And I was, I was at lunch with, with Chris and Miles McPherson and Ed Noble from Journey Church in East County and about five other pastors talking about what the Lord is doing in California and what He's doing in San Diego. Chris had a dream about San Diego and God moving here in our own state in our own city and i'm going to share a little bit about that with you next week when i do uh, a state of the church address where i'm going to talk to you about uh, where we've been as a church where we are as a church and where we're headed as a church so i'm going to share that with you next week um, but uh let's just ask the lord i'm going to read a testimony here in just a minute and then i'm going to pass it over to josh but let's ask the lord To move right here, like over there. We don't have to go to Kentucky to experience the presence of God. Or revival. There's a new movie out, uh, Jesus Revolution, about the move of God in the 70s. that happened right here. More revivals have been birthed in California than any place in the world in world history. So we don't need to go to Kentucky. We can stay right here. And people say, well, you know, we're in a car dealership. Do you know that most revivals happen in the most obscure places? That's how God moves. Azusa Street Revival was in a barn. God takes out-of-way out places, um, um, nondescript places, unassuming people, to do the greatest things. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's not by promotion. It's not by advertising. It's by the Spirit of God moving on a hungry people. Are you hungry, Ron, for more of Jesus? Are you hungry, Jen, Josh? Are you guys hungry for more of Jesus, Williams' family? Are you guys satisfied? No. Are you guys hungry for more of God? Do you need more of God? Come on. Let's just turn our hands upward to the heavens and say, Father, we are thankful for the Holy Spirit moving at asbury college we are thankful for all the moves of god that have happened in history and even here on this soil but that was then and this is now and god we look to you this congregation in this city in this region we open our our arms our hands and our hearts to you and we say come move mightily among us here in a way none of us have ever experienced before. We are hungry for a move of God. Everybody said amen. Amen. We are in a series. He doesn't ignore those prayers, by the way. If you were God, would you? You look on the earth and see the devastation and the suffering and the rebellion and the darkness, and then you hear what he just heard. If that was you, would you ignore that cry? No, no, no. We are in a series, the Lord uh, spoke to me, the word restoration, rapid restoration for 2023, and we're already getting testimonies. Here's just one, because we like proof in the pudding. We don't just, we're not just a information church, we're a demonstration church. So we always like to talk about what Jesus is actually doing, not what he did 2,000 years ago. So I got this one John, from John and Malika Bynum, and uh, it says, uh, Malika says this, Uh, We have been meaning, John and Malika, are you here in the service? They're there, right? there. all right. We have been meaning uh, to email you about restoration, our restoration, but somehow it never got done. Anyway, the year year ended not the way we expected or wanted. By mid-December, we were 11 weeks pregnant. We saw the baby for the first time um, in the ultrasound. The next day, I got into a car accident. This is Malika. A guy ran a red light and T-boned me. Thank God Abby, who was their daughter, wasn't in the car with me. The car was beyond repair. Went to the ER and they told me I had multiple hematoma, which is blood in my uterus. And diagnosed me with with threatening uh, miscarriage. Oh, I forgot to mention I was working as a life insurance agent. I was miserable did not like it had to stop because the doctor put me on bed rest after the accident so we ended the year with no car no job and a possible miscarriage it was a struggle to get my car insurance to give me a rental car and take a decision about my car we decided to do intermittent fasting during the fast even though john couldn't understand why and what (laughs) the fasting rules were wow just throw your husband under the bus in your testimony (laughs) in front of God and everybody. (laughs) But you fasted, right, John? And that's what counts. All right. She did it, I did it, and then God did it. I personally wanted a closer connection with God. I've had experiences with fasting with the Lord, and I've seen the miracles He's done. We've prayed for restoration of everything we've had and still thank God for everything we do have. Our faith grew with time, and now we are thriving with God. As of today, we are five months pregnant with no complications. Got a new job as a vet assistant, which I love, and the car insurance finally paid off my car and was able to get a brand new car. Yeah. I wanted to let you know that God has restored us and is still restoring, us, especially our marriage, because John is just um, no. She, she didn't say that. <laughs> you didn't say that. I threw that in there. <laughs> I took my pain out on John, and I blamed him for not having any family members to soothe me through everything. But then GPC reached out and showed me that family is not only about blood. That's a great testimony. With the help of your sermons... Oh, well, see, that's why I read the testimony right here. (laughs) I just wanted you all to know, I just wanted you all to know, by the help of my sermons they brought us closer to god than we ever thought possible those are just a few of the restoration for the beginning of the year can't wait to share more with you as they continue to happen so amen amen so so josh that was your setup by the help of my sermons they have been completely transformed let's see what you can do (laughs) okay okay Uh, uh, yeah Yeah, no pressure all right come here he's like no no no. i thank god i thank god for raising up a preacher in the house that's leading the next generation come on let's reach our hands out toward josh lord thank you so much for josh i thank you for the anointing on him to lead worship and now you've anointed him to preach the gospel may he empower the church today through the power of the holy spirit and the spoken word of god in jesus name Amen. Go get them. Let's get it. How's everybody doing?
1: Man, that was good. When uh, when John shared at the beginning of um, the year that he was going to be talking about restoration, that God gave him the word that this was going to be a year of restoration. My spirit inside went like that, that sigh of relief and. It was a now word. It was one of those, like, yes. The language that I couldn't, I couldn't put it to words what was going on on the inside. But that word restoration was exactly what God was doing. Like, yes, that's exactly what it is. I've been, I've been feeling that because most of the time churches, right, like, like let's go and take the, take the storm, take the beach by storm, and uh, that kind of thing. But restoration, I think, is doing the same thing. Yeah. It's doing the same thing. Yeah, turn your mic off.
2: off.
1: No, it's there. I saw him texting him. Turn his off. <laughs> when a word resonates in your heart from God, it has with it the power to transform and build faith. Amen? Isaiah fifty-five eleven says, "...so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please." And it shall prosper in the thing that I sent it. But sometimes a word like that can seem far off. Like John's talking about restoration. We're hearing testimonies of restoration. But maybe you personally are not experiencing that. It's like Abraham and Sarah. When they got that impossibly, that naturally impossible promise from God. And they're like, it took a long time to actually see it come to fruition. But what do you do in that moment when you're facing I got a promise. I got a word from God, but I'm still not seeing it. You hold on by faith. You believe for it. You expect it, and you partner with it, right? So God wants to do it, and we've been seeing restoration happen all over the place, in our lives, in Asbury. God is pouring out his spirit. So should we be surprised when God does what he says he's going to do? No. No. But how often are we? Every Most, every Most every time, right? <laughs> it reminds me of Acts chapter 12 when, the, when Peter was put in prison and he was about to go to trial. And all the disciples were in a house praying for him to be released. An angel shows up in the prison cell, opens the door, the shackles fall off Peter, he leads him out. No one saw him, no one stopped him. Peter actually thought he was dreaming. So he gets out, he's like, That just happened? He walks over to the house, knocks on the door. The servant girl goes to the door. Hey, everybody, Peter's outside. They're like, yeah, right, while they're praying for Peter. So they're praying for his release. He gets released, and they're like, nah, no, that didn't happen. He goes in, and then the rest, you know, the rest is written in there. See, I believe we're not just in a series of restoration, but a season of restoration. Do you believe that with me? My hope is that when God brings to the front door the things that we're praying for, that we wouldn't be surprised. That we would actually be, yep, this is supposed to happen because that's the God we serve. And that's the stuff God does. He's the way maker. He's the promise keeper. He's the light in the darkness. And he's the one who answers prayer. There you go. Positive feedback, man. (laughs) I got one little popcorn, it'll, it'll, it'll start. So I thought of many things to talk about in regards to restoration. I started jotting down all these ideas, right? But what was, what was cool was that it all kept leading to one place. And I thought the restoration of this one theme could actually lead to the restoration of all these other things that we're praying for, if we really get it. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about identity. Talking about your identity. God wants to restore your identity as sons and daughters. Now, you may have been walking with the Lord for a long time or just brand new. This restoration is like the light bulb goes off and, yes, I am a child of God. And you get it and it sinks in and you make stuff happen. Amen? So the title of my sermon today is Restoration of Identity, Out with the Old and In with the New. So read with me in Ephesians four, seventeen through twenty four. With the Lord's authority I say this live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused, their minds are full of darkness, they wander from a life the life that God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame, they live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So there's three ways that God wants to restore your identity as a son or daughter and the first one is in your thoughts in your thoughts so in Ephesians 4 we can see the contrast between the old nature and the new nature when we came to Christ we were given this new nature but we still have to put it on we still have to to wear it out so that we can walk the walk, be children of God in the lost and dying world, be witnesses to the kingdom, amen? Colossians 3.10, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. So here, here's the thing. Maybe you picked up on this when I was reading it. The encouraging thing about Ephesians 4 was that it's not on, all on us to put on this new nature. It says, let the Spirit Renew your thoughts and attitude. When the Spirit helps, when the Holy Spirit helps you renew your thoughts and attitudes, you have the power to actually put on this new nature and the power to walk in it. Amen? So trying to do it in your own willpower is called religion, and we all know it works so good. No, it suffocates, it oppresses, it keeps down. It makes you un- unworthy. Because how many times have you made promises to yourself and to God that I'm going to work harder, I'm going I'm to try harder, and I'm going to fix this gonna, out of sheer grit, only to fail again and again and again, right? And then you wonder why I cannot change. Why can't I change? I've been trying so hard. This is the Roman 7 life, I call it which is Paul where he says, I don't understand the things I do. For the good I want to do, I can't do. But the evil I hate and the thing I don't want to do, this I keep doing. Later on down in the chapter, he says, Who will save me from this body of death? And he answers his own question. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? So our human efforts at attempting to put on a new nature of identity without the help of the Holy Spirit is futile. When God brings restoration to your thoughts and attitudes, we're not only able to put on and walk out this new nature, but we're also enabled to know what God's will is. Romans 12.2. You still with me, guys? Good? Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll be able to learn and know, or you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So I kind of like say this in reverse, and it made a little more sense to me. Uh, essentially, it says we cannot know God's will without a renewed mind that comes from the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we can't be in the position for the Holy Spirit to renew our minds if we're living like the world. So come out and be separate from that. Put yourself in a position for your mind to be renewed. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, Who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach Him? But we understand these things for we have the mind of Christ because of the Holy Spirit. Do you want to walk with confidence in your God-given identity? with boldness, with courage every single day, knowing who you are. So walking confidently in your new identity begins with knowing that you've been made brand new. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old life is gone, the new has come. That's 2 Corinthians 5.17. So brand new, never before seen creation when you came to Christ. So it begins here. You've been made brand new. And so what I want to do with y'all right now is I want to say some declarations. Can we do that? Yeah. Yeah, we'll do I like declarations. So we have to renew our minds to the truth of who we are in Christ. Let's say this first one. I have been made in the image of God. And the scripture there says created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Next one. I have been crowned with glory and honor. The next one, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Say it again. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen? The next one, I cannot be separated from God's love. I love this scripture. I'm going to read it. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, nor the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Nothing can separate you from his love. Next one. I am a citizen of the kingdom of God. I am not condemned. Romans 8.1 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? The next one, I am complete in Christ. That scripture says, And you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. You're not inadequate. You are enough. You belong to God. And the next one, the last one, I am God's well-loved child. Okay, say it with conviction now. <laughs> I am God's well-loved child. Are you? Yes. There you go. I'm going to say 1 John 3, 1 because I said that during, during worship. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. That we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. So, the first way God wants to restore your identity as a son and daughter is in your thoughts, how you see yourself. The second, and this one's a doozy, is the demolition of your false identities. It is good. So in construction, part of the restoration process is demolition. When John shared, hey, we talk about restoration, I immediately went to what I used to do in the past when I lived in Connecticut. I was a commercial painter, and oftentimes I would be on construction sites for renovations, add-ons, new builds. And on the site, they'd have a table with the blueprints, and so when I would you know, I'd get my gear, I'd walk by, and I would see the plans on the table to go by and see, all right, what are we actually building here? So I'd look at, and I'd like, look out yonder, and be like, that's completely different. Mm-hmm. So the contractors had to go to the prints to see what walls they needed to tear down to the studs or completely remove altogether so that they could make way for the new design. And it's the same thing with your identity in Christ. God has a blueprint for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to give you hope in the future. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, right? That's what it says. So his restoration process is the demolition of the walls of your false identities. To be replaced with the new true identity in Christ. And the flip side of that, we've got the fallen nature of the world, the enemy, who is constantly pushing you to put on your old nature, whether that's sin, uh, selfishness, idolatry, independence from God, And we, as believers and followers of Christ, we're we're supposed to be going out and tearing down the strongholds of the enemy, being light in the darkness, being witnesses to that. That's the 30,000-foot view of spiritual warfare. But there are more subtle things that can be false identities that drag us away from who we were really created to be. Now, some of these uh, things that we'll discuss, they're they're not inherently bad. Some of them are, yeah, we, we we want it gone. But they can sit on the throne of your heart and become a part of you so much so that without it, you don't even know who you are without it. A person's false identity could be a job title or a social status. How many likes you have on social, me- <clears throat> social media. Your occupation, your wealth and portfo- <clears throat> excuse me, portfolio, possessions, degrees, how many degrees you have. Your GPA, and like, every, education is everything to me, and without it, without perfect scores and without these degrees, I don't know who I am. <clears throat> your relationship status, health issues, health issues. Think about that for a second. You want to open this for me? Thank you. I do. Appearances, your talents. Thank you, John. Do you find identity in talent or your appearance? These are that can become a false identity. So I'll say it again, that some of these, you know, they're not inherently bad. But they can become who you identify as. And we lose sight. And when that happens, we lose sight of God's true identity for you. Is this making sense? Yeah. So I'll, I'll repeat, God will often allow the process of demolition of these false identities so that we can come to our senses, put on the new identity as sons and daughters. Amen. That's good. It reminds me of the prodigal son when he, you know, he thought his identity was supposed to be out there. He asked for his inheritance early. He was in the father's house. Familiarity, I would think... Bred contempt for him. And he's like, you know what? I wish you were dead. Give me my inheritance now. I'm going to go do what I want. So he squandered everything out there. And then he came to his senses when he realized that this is a false identity. Here I am starving to death. In my father's house, even the servants have plenty. And what did the father do? The story, the father restored him back into sonship. Which is an amazing restoration story. So the thought of God allowing demolition in our lives that's a scary word. When I say demolition you're like oh here we go he's he's coming against me. No he isn't. He's he's demoing the things that are are the real things that are hurting you. So how do we recognize demolition of these false identities so that we aren't shaking our fists at God? and blaming him for every trial and struggle that we face. Like, God, why didn't you? God, what the heck? God, he's like, I'm taking you through a process. But rather, we embrace the process. And what does is, what is he use? He uses conviction. Conviction of sin. Let's read Psalm 32, 4 through 5. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me, My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. And then I acknowledged my sin to you and didn't cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Conviction's a funny thing. Sometimes it can feel a lot like judgment and condemnation if you're in a place of, of, you know, not sonship, not being a daughter of God. It's like God flips the lights on and all the cockroaches start to scurry around. You know? The lights off, it's like, okay, I don't know if there's a problem because I can't see the problem. I refuse to look at it. But then God flips the light on, you're like, oh, okay, there's the mess. But we have to acknowledge that there's an issue because without acknowledging that there's an issue and embracing, yes, God, thanks for shining, shining the light on that in my life, then we can, you know, if you allow that to grow, it grows in the dark. So we need the light so that we can surrender that over. First John 1, seven says this. Let's read it. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. What's another thing that God uses as a demolition in our life? Sudden or unforeseen changes that just happen. Not that God causes these things, but that he he can use it if you partner with it. So you seek him in this challenge you might be facing. How many people in here are facing something right now in their life that may be a sudden or an unforeseen change or it's just a difficult process to go through? This is an opportunity to change the script on it and turn it in. all right, this, is, this could be a demolition of an enemy strategy. This could be the demolition of, of how I'm seeing it and turn it into me operating in my true identity as a son or daughter. Amen? So maybe it's the loss of a job, a sudden change, which was a title that you, you, you found your identity in. Maybe your team lost in the playoffs, (laughs) (laughs) and your team might lose today, and you're going to have an identity crisis because of it. (laughs) 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 All right, for real now, (laughs) an injury happened. Maybe an injury happened to you, and it's preventing you from doing the thing that you love, that you found your identity in, right? A divorce or a breakup in a relationship, like a piece of yourself, is gone, and you're kind of going through an identity crisis. Maybe it's a death of a dream or a pursuit that you thought would go a certain way and didn't. See, not all these things are inherently bad, okay? Okay? But what I'm saying is that some of these things, they could be a false identity that you've built your whole world on instead of building it on Christ, right? And God is using the process of loss or the process of demo to get you back into your senses and seeing, oh, that's right. I put this first. I did not put him first because he's a good father. Scripture says that He disciplines those He loves because He's treating you as legitimate children. If you didn't get disciplined by God, then, he's, then you're not legitimate. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good. Can you say works for the good? Works, works for the good of those who love Him and who are called according to His purpose. We're called according to his purpose, saints. I found an identity many years ago, um, and I'll share this story. Uh, (laughs) I was in a band in high school, a heavy metal Christian rock band. That's not funny. (laughs) We're all laughing. (laughs) Nobody can see me doing heavy metal music. Yeah, they're like, wait. Yeah, and and yes, I was the guy that screamed in the band. I was was that guy. And uh, we were so good. Our band name was Eastern Sky. We were good, okay? (laughs) Let me stroke the ego a little bit here, please. (laughs) Oh, it's gone. (laughs) We were good. We were good, man. So what we, and why we were so good is we were all best friends, and we practiced all the time, and often our energy and charisma and our style of music, we would steal the show because we'd get the crowd involved, and we'd get them singing with us, and we'd be like, they they thought, like, this is so great. I was an insecure kid growing up. I, I, I wasn't sure of myself, and and. You know, so this thing that people liked about me, and they loved about me, and it was a talent that I naturally had. I'm like, oh, I'm the guitar player for Eastern Sky. That's it. That's the band name, Eastern Sky. <laughs> and so that's all I'd want to be. I kind of, I would, I would represent everywhere I'd go. I'd be kind of with my crew, and I'd have this sort of like fake attitude that most bands have, you know. <laughs> and that's who I was. But I did have a relationship with God, and what was interesting is, as many of you know the story of how I met my wife, Daryl Lee, I prayed that I would meet her at one of my shows, and that when God caused me to meet her, that he would change my life. And God's like, challenge accepted. <laughs> so he did that. I met her, and through her and the church that was down in Connecticut that we played at, and all the people that were involved over there, they helped me see that this, this was a false identity. This is not who I am. I'm way more than a guitar player for Eastern Sky. I'm way more than just this chameleon to every social situation because I'm so insecure, you know? So what was critical, and hear me on this, what was critical for this change to come in my life for God to show me that it was a false identity and for me to realize I'm more than that. I'm his son. I had to give him permission. I had to give God permission to come in and change some things on the inside. He corrected how I saw myself through everybody down there. I was looking at it through a very narrow lens, which wasn't wrong, but wasn't right at the same time. So the third and last way God wants to restore your identity as a son and daughter is through your friends. Hebrews three twelve through 13 in the Amplified says, Take care, brothers and sisters, that there not be in any one of you a wicked, unbelieving heart which refuses to trust and rely on the Lord, a heart that turns away from the living God, but continually encourage one another every day as long as it's called today, and there is an opportunity today, so that none of you will be hardened into settled rebellion by the deceitfulness of sin, its cleverness, delusive glamour, and sophistication. So beyond the shadow of a doubt, I wouldn't be who I am today, man of God, husband, father, friend, in San Diego, if it wasn't Godly people speaking life and hope into me, yeah. and me surrounding myself with people that could draw out the gold that God put in there, recognize the gifts that I had, and encourage it daily, so I walk in confidence, so I walk in boldness in the calling that God put on my life. Right? Yeah. So, I've I've gotten tri- I've gotten tripped up, and I have seasons where I, my faith is tested and I doubt. We all do. I've gone through seasons where I feel like I've missed it, the leading of God into a job or another opportunity or a calling or a purpose. We all have, right? I've been in places where i felt that my sin and my failures have disqualified me and have made me feel shame and unworthy for even coming to God. So I've got to fix myself first and then I'll go to God. I've complained and grumbled and played the victim so many times. We all have. And it's because of these godly friends though and mentors in my life that they have helped place me back on track into walking in my true identity. It's like a it's like a, a spiritual defibrillator. You know? When you're kinda you're kinda shut off, and then you get these friends that call you out on something. Knock it off. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm not walking as I should be. You know? Whew, you're right. You could see what I what I don't see. And we need these people in our life. We need each other. They have held me accountable to my true calling and godliness in many areas of my life, constantly encouraging me in the grace, mercy, and truth, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And as tough as I pretend to be, and here, some of you probably need to hear this, as tough as you pretend to be, that I can do this on my own, I got this. I'm tough. I can handle it. No, you can't. You were created for community. You were created to be a part of a body of believers. And as I said before, God has put gifts in you and you and you that I don't have. And he's done the same for me. I have stuff that you don't have. And that's the beauty of the body of Christ. Because we strengthen each other by constantly encouraging each other every day, as we just read, to walk the walk, talk the talk, live for the kingdom of God as sons and daughters. So you need them, and they need you. The flip side to this, I will say, is y- you can become codependent on people as an identity as well. I, as I get older and as I walk with the Lord more, I'm realizing like how I play the victim, where the enemy will come in and attack, or or I'll have... My head will be all over the place, like in a negative spiral to where I'm I'm grasping. I'll go to John or I'll go to Stephanie or I'll go to, to, tell me who I am in Christ. Tell me who I am in Christ. And your relationship with God is being lived through the opinions or the words from other people. You yourself need to have a relationship with the King of Kings. You yourself need the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. What did David do when all this stuff happened? I think his, his, uh, he and Bathsheba, when they committed adultery, they she was pregnant, and they lost the child. And David was mad. He prayed, and he fasted, and he mourned. He's like, I, I, I want... The child was sick, and he, he wanted to save him, but he lost the child. And he went into mourning. But then David strengthened himself in the Lord. Yeah. Same situation when when their whole entire camp was ransacked and the the women and the daughters or the women and the children were taken by the enemy, everyone wanted to kill David. What did David do? He strengthened himself, himself in the Lord. So my encouragement to you is not only do we need godly people to speak into who you are, you also need that depth in that relationship. With the Lord yourself. Is this making sense? Yeah. So do you have these types of people in your life? Good. That's good. <laughs> Psalm twenty seven seventeen says, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens and influences another. Amen. If you don't have these people in your life, and as I'm speaking, you're like kind of checking yourself a little bit, be intentional. Be intentional with getting involved in a connect group. Be intentional with talking to somebody that you haven't talked to before or getting out of your comfort zone. Some of y'all have stuff in the crock pot this afternoon, right, for the game. And you're going to beeline as soon as we say, you're dismissed, have a great day, gone. I encourage you to talk to somebody, even if it's for a few minutes, and start to develop a friendship and relationship with them. Go do things during the week. Host a Bible study at your house. Iron sharpens iron. If you need godly friends, be a godly friend. So as we begin to look at our lives, and I'll try to hurry up here, and the godly people we have in them, we ought to take a look at who is also influencing us in ungodly ways. Bad company corrupts good morals. Ephesians 5, 6 through 9 in the Amplified says, Let no one deceive you with empty arguments that encourage you to sin. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience, those who habitually sin. So do not participate or even associate with them in rebelliousness of sin. For once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Live as those who are native born to the light. For the fruit, the effect, and the result, I love the Amplified, of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. So are these people influencing you toward God or are they influencing you away? Do you find it harder to bring them into what you're doing or is it easy for you to slip into the patterns of what they're doing? Romans twelve two: do not conform to the patterns of this world, Right, doing what they're doing. So what I'm not saying, folks, is to completely cut out non-Christians from your life. That's what I'm not saying. Because we are called to be the light in the darkness, to go out and make disciples, witness to, the, witness to them, lead them to the Lord. What I'm talking about is these ungodly relationships that don't call out the gold, that draw you away from your true identity and put you into a false Identity. And so we need to sort of check ourselves on that. All right. So God is in the business of restoration. Amen. And the three ways we discussed were how God wants to restore your identity as a son and daughter was in your thoughts, the demolition of your false identities, and with your friends. And I believe that the restoration that we're looking for for this year, it starts with identity, and we cannot know who we really are without knowing who God is. Knowing God causes us to really know ourselves and then unleashes us into our destiny. And I'll say one more example, and we'll, we'll close it. Matthew chapter 16: 13 through 18. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah; others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, well, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you're the Messiah the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You didn't learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the powers of hell will not conquer it. So what I pulled from this is we need the Holy Spirit to reveal God to us. That's what it talks about, and I believe it's in Ephesians, where he says, I pray that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we don't get stuck in the familiarity breeding contempt thing. What What was cool was how Jesus, you know, he asked them, who do you say that I am? Immediately, the spirit gave Peter the revelation, you are the son of God. And once he, once he got the revelation of who God is, he got his purpose. He got his new identity. He was Simon, now he's Peter. Out with the old, in with the new. He got his new identity, and then he said, well, now that you're Peter, here's your purpose. Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So, let's, let's go to the Lord right now. Lord, we thank you that we have been made sons and daughters of the living God. I pray that as we're, as we're sitting here today, that your Holy Spirit would move in our thoughts, in our hearts, and bring that revelation that we need So that way we know we are the children of God, the sons and daughters of God. Show us what are some of those things, bring to our minds those false identities that maybe we've put on the throne of our heart. And help us to surrender that so that we can put you on the throne of our heart.
0: Amen. We're going to have a... Amen. Great word, son. All right, so I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes for a moment and let's do a response time to the word, all right? Let's allow the Holy Spirit to do a, a quick work in us. I just want you to listen to me for a second and then we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak. Online as well, please join us. Identity is the core crisis in the human race from the time in Genesis when we were created as children of God we fell from our relationship with God and we've been searching ever since for who we are why we're here and where we're headed when we die everything Josh talked about today is an identity crisis issue every one of us have been identified by parents, brothers and sisters, employers, employees, friends, pastors, some good, some bad, some ugly. So we all have a script in our head. Some of it is inaccurate and some of it has really damaged you. And so I want us to come to the Holy Spirit right now. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit um, this question. Say, Holy Spirit, would you please reveal to me a lie that I have believed about myself and my personal identity and worth? Would you ask the Holy Spirit that? Please reveal to me a lie that I have believed about myself and my identity and my worth. And just let that come up into your mind. I just got mine. Wow! how many of you something came to your mind just right then just raise your hand look at that okay anybody else about a quarter of you so far I'm just give a moment come on jesus called satan the father of lies he hasn't left you alone you're not the only person in here that has not been lied to by the devil about who you are i'm going to give it just another minute because then we're going to ask the lord something else to unravel that false identity just ask the Holy Spirit again reveal to me a lie that I have been believing about myself okay anybody else the Holy Spirit is not like on a break he's quick so anybody else raise your hand I just a a thought just came into my mind that is okay so that's a lie now and you can do this anytime 24 7 wherever you are i'm just coaching you right now but this is you and the holy spirit can do this all the time ask jesus say jesus what is the truth about that lie and just get quiet and listen to a thought that will come into your mind or an impression in your heart what's the truth lord say jesus what's the truth about that Okay, who would say that the Lord just put a thought in your mind that was the truth that undid that lie? Agatha, Rick, somebody else. John, look at this. Glinda, Stephanie, awesome. Josiah, <laughs> Nick, awesome. Awesome. What did that produce inside of you? What, just, like, what was the feeling you got when the Lord told you the truth about that? Shout it out. Peace. Peace. Somebody else. Restoration. Restoration. Somebody else. Confidence. Confidence. Somebody else. Bubbles. That works. Bubbles like champagne. It's time to party. Freedom. I, what, the lie that I, that I heard the Lord say is that you are not competent, sufficient, is what I was praying over you earlier. And the Lord spoke to me that I am your sufficiency. <laughs> I can run through a troop and leap over a wall, the psalmist said, because the Lord has strengthened my hands for war, Right? I'm going to ask you this one last thing. Ask the Holy Spirit this. I want you to close your eyes again. Ask the Holy Spirit who is in my life that is influencing me in the wrong direction. Remember, Josh said your thoughts, your false identities, and your friends. Close your eyes. It'll come quick. Who is in my life that I'm allowed to influence me in the wrong direction? They're not bringing out the gold. They're leading me into the mud. They're not my encourager, they're my critic. They're leading me into sin, not to righteousness. If you if somebody you got somebody raise your hand say, oh, I know, I know, I got it, I got it, I know who that is. Okay, alright. What are you gonna do about it? What are you gonna do about it? That's between you and the Lord. What are you gonna do about it? You gotta run with the right crew. Right, Josh? You've got to be smart. You've got to choose your friends wisely, the book of Proverbs says. Okay, now this last thing ask the Holy Spirit Lord, who do I need to be intentional about reaching out to so that I can have the right people in my life? What relationship do I need to nurture? Oh, wow. I think the Holy Spirit just spoke to me for someone. What relationship do I need to repair? It was a great friendship, it was iron sharpening iron. And there's been a rip and a tear, and the Lord says, You need to restore that relationship, humble yourself. Don't go to them and tell them their part in it. Just ask forgiveness and be humble. The Lord says he'll take care of the other side of the equation. Josh, that's a great word. Let's all stand and let's, let's worship. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I heard one patty cake. That's why I said go ahead. I thought, there we go. Boy, Josh hit the root of restoration today. As we worship God, the spirit of wisdom and revelation opens up who God is to us. That's why it's so great to be in this worship atmosphere. As we're declaring who He is, He declares who we are. Our identity, that's what worship is about. Is we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. If you've never given your life to Jesus, you are not yet a son or a daughter of God. It is a supernatural Operation that takes place it happens in a moment when you cry out to Jesus I need my sins forgiven I need to turn my life over to God God will draw you to His Son Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life nobody comes to the Father except through me salvation is a free gift you can never earn it you just have to receive it. And if you've never done that, do that right now. I'm going to pray this prayer. And you pray this prayer out loud and invite Jesus into your heart right now. And you're going to turn your life over to Him. the control of your life is going to be given over to the King Jesus. And as soon as you do this, He will completely forgive you of all of your sins because He already paid for them with the blood of my cross. Then He's going to breathe the Spirit of God into you. And you're going to be born again and become a son or a daughter of God. So if that's you online or here, just pray this out loud. Say, dear God, I need you in my life. I need to relinquish control of my life. I need my sins forgiven. And I know, need to know where I'm going when I die. So Jesus... I'm asking You into my life right now. I relinquish control of my life. I confess You as my King and my Savior right now. I belong to You. I am Yours. And You are mine. I am now a follower of Jesus Christ. If you prayed that prayer in sincerity, the Lord heard you. And what you're experiencing right now is a peace you've never known before. That's the peace of Jesus Christ that only comes to you by the Holy Spirit. Now you are a son or daughter of God. Now let's just lift our hands to the Lord and let's worship before we leave this place today. Let's just love on the Lord and let Him love on us as sons and daughters of God. You give
2: life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that broken you restore us god great are you lord it's your breath it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise pour out our praise it's your breath in our lungs so we You give life, you give life, you are love, you bring life to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Yes, you do, God. Sing great. will shout your praise our hearts will cry these bones will sing it out great out your hand. these bones will sing, great are you. oh, it's your breath, it's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise, it's your
0: such a deep word that I want to encourage you not to leave if you need more healing in this area. We all are being restored and we all need healing in our identity, but some of you have been crippled and we're going to have prayer teams up here and I'm going to encourage you to come up to those prayer teams and just let them have time to to lay hands on you and wait on the Holy Spirit so they can the gifts of the Spirit can flow. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophecy, gifts of healings, working of miracles. The Holy Spirit is here and He's still operating in all the gifts of the Spirit. And so I don't want us to just leave. I want you to come if you need greater healing and let our prayer teams partner with you as Josh was saying. To pray and prophesy over you. So you can get supernatural healing. We have found just tremendous results when we allow room for the Holy Spirit to do His gifts. You can be in counseling your whole life. And you can get one word of knowledge that literally sets you free. Amen. And so, let's not not operate in the gifts of the Spirit. So. I ask the prayer teams to go ahead and move from your seats and come up front here, so people uh, can see you. And I also want to pray uh, for the Chiefs. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) If you're if you're rooting for the Eagles, come and let us pray for you. We'll lay hands on you and cast the spirit out, the demon that is. I'm partially kidding. (laughs) Amen. Okay, look, next week, those online and you here, I'm going to give the state of the church address. Um, It's going to be a really important message about where we've been, where we are, and where we're headed. If you call the Gathering Place Church your home church, you need to be here because God's going to speak. And it's going to be great. Amen. God bless you guys.